Welcome back to another episode of the Behavioral Economics and Marketing Podcast Series. This is Sandra thomas Commonall. In this episode, we will define and describe delegation. So jumping in, what is delegation? Delegation is the distribution and assignment of authority to another person to carry out specific activities. In other words, delegation is an administrative process of getting things done by others by giving them responsibility. And why is it important? Delegation is one of the core concepts of leadership. The process involves managers deciding which work they should do themselves and which work should be delegated to others for completion. Through delegation, leaders can break down a big project into smaller parts to divide among various employees. In this way, delegation is more time efficient and brings more skill sets and strengths to the table. From an employee standpoint, delegation can empower employees with opportunities to grow in skill and experience. Direction of delegation. Delegation generally occurs from a manager to a subordinate. Delegation can also occur laterally. Delegation rarely occurs from subordinate to a manager. However, there are circumstances where that can occur. For example, if a subordinate is the leader of a committee to which the manager is a member, the subordinate as a leader of the committee can assign tasks to a manager who is a member of the committee process of delegation. It is important to understand that delegation is a two-way process involving both the manager who wishes to delegate and the subordinate to whom the task is to be delegated. The process generally falls within the following steps. Number one, strategy. The first and most important step is to develop a strategy for the duties or project at hand. The strategy would include clear definitions of goals, processes, deadlines, and KPIs, as well as deciding which subordinate would be optimal for the task. When deciding who to delegate the task to, some of the variables to consider are if there are any team members with experience or training in doing the task, enthusiasm for the task, current workload, and having the necessary tools, authority, and equipment. To illustrate, imagine that you need an HTML file created, but do not have an employee specifically hired for this task. You may have several employees that have skills or training in web design, but some of those team members may have a lot on their plate. Or they may have been recently promoted to a completely different role and aren't excited about the task. And also consider which of your team members have web design software available. Deciding which team member to choose for a task can be a cumbersome step in the process. For this reason, it is important that leaders know their team. Knowing the skills and goals of their team members can make delegations of tasks easier for a leader. Number two, allocation of duties. The delegator will need to communicate to their subordinate the task which is to be performed. If the subordinate does not have access to the necessary tools or equipment, Those resources are provided at this time. Lastly, a deadline is decided upon during the allocation of duties. Number three, delegation of authority. In some cases, authority is required in order for the subordinate to perform the task. The required authority is granted to the employee when the task is delegated. 
Number four, assignment of responsibilities. When authority is delegated, the subordinate is assigned with the responsibility of this task. When someone is given the rights to complete a task, they are assigned with the corresponding obligation to perform. Responsibility itself cannot be entirely delegated. A leader must still operate under equal responsibility to the delegated authority. Number five, creation of accountability. At the completion of the delegation process, it is essential that the manager creates accountability through the establishment of KPIs, and subordinates must be answerable for the tasks which they have been authorized to carry out. Keeping in mind that complete responsibility cannot be entirely delegated. Principles of delegation. There are a number of principles which are essential to understanding and implementing the process of delegation. Here are a few of the most important principles of delegation. Number one, principle of result expected. Duties are assigned in terms of expected results. For this, the subordinate must know what activities they are to undertake and what results they are to show. When goals are decided and they know the criteria on the basis of which their performance is going to be evaluated, the subordinate must channel their efforts to realize that goal. Number two, principle of parity of authority and responsibility. If anyone is assigned any duty, she or he must be vested with requisite authority to carry out this responsibility. Number three, principle of unity of command. Employees should have only one supervisor who they report to, are granted authority by, and receive orders from. This employee should be solely accountable to their direct supervisor. This is associated with increased employee efficiency and less role conflict within an organization. Many companies choose not to have a linear chain of command, especially for certain positions that straddle multiple units in the organization. For example, a lower level marketing position may be accountable to a marketing manager, sales manager, product manager, or even operations manager, depending on the industry and the position. In this case, it is still important for employees to have only one supervisor that they report to. There are many instances where having multiple supervisors or accountability will create a problem. One of my favorite examples is from one of my first jobs as a cashier at a grocery store. During any given shift, there were often multiple supervisors and managers that the cashiers reported to, including shift supervisors, front-end managers, and floor supervisors. And one time in particular, I had a manager come over to me a few minutes before the end of my shift and told me to turn off my light. Two minutes later, a different manager came over and told me to turn my light back on because I still had a few minutes left. This is a simple illustration of how reporting to too many managers can cause a problem. The principle of unity of command is a particularly interesting principle as many small businesses do not have clear chains of command, but instead will have an upper management and subordinates. The subordinates might not directly report to every member of the upper management or even a single manager. This nonlinear chain of command can be confusing for employees. Moving on, number four, the scalar principle. The scalar principle asserts that there are clear and formal lines of hierarchical authority within an organization. This hierarchy reflects the flow of authority and responsibility and clearly outlines to managers and subordinates who has the power to delegate authority and to whom they are answerable to. 
Number five, principle of exception. The principle of exception asserts that employees should be given complete freedom to fulfill their responsibilities within the purview of their authority. Managers should therefore refrain from interfering with the day-to-day -day work of their subordinates, even if minor mistakes are recognized. This level of control leads to more efficient results. In some exceptional cases, managers are able to interfere on matters deviating significantly from the norm. In this case, the authority delegated to the subordinate may even be withdrawn. Number six, principle of delegation of authority. Only delegation of authority is possible. Responsibility can never be truly delegated. It is only shared. Responsibility could be reduced and help can be taken in getting the assigned work accomplished according to instructions. An executive therefore delegates their authority, but even after such delegation, they still remain responsible for the assigned job. Wrapping it up. Understanding how we as humans make decisions is an important part of marketing and leadership. Behavioral economics is the study of decision making and can give keen insight into employee behavior and help to shape your leadership style. In this episode, we define and discuss delegation, including the direction of delegation, the process of delegation, and the principles of delegation, such as the principle of result expected, the principle of delegation of authority, the scalar principle, and the principle of exception. Stay tuned for the next episode where we talk about common hang-ups and pitfalls in delegation. If you are enjoying this podcast, give me a shout out. Like it, share it, follow it, and review it. Also, if you enjoy my style but want to learn more about travel destinations, you are in luck. I am in the process of developing a new travel podcast, the Hub and Spoken Travel Show. If you want to be notified when it comes out, sign up for my newsletter, follow me on social media, or send me an email and let me know. Thank you for listening to another episode of Behavioral Economics and Marketing. This is Sandra Thomas-Gamenaugh.